Good morning, Northside. As it's been stated a few times, I think uh, what the Lord has for us is timely, and I pray that it's encouraging, and it is a reminder of God's faithfulness in the midst of uncertainty. Because that essentially is what the Thessalonian church was facing, right? Uncertainty of whether or not their loved one who has uh, died is in heaven. Uncertainty of whether or not Jesus Christ will return again. Uncertainty on whether or not maybe he's already come and we are left here to ourselves. Uncertainty after uncertainty. And what we have seen these past few months uh, as we engage God's word uh, in First and Second Thessalonians is a reminder that in the midst of all that's going on, in the midst of uh, the ministry of the church, God demonstrates his faithfulness. And he does so through his word. Uh, we see, we know that Paul is writing uh, most likely from uh, Corinth at this time. We know that uh, he planted this church in Thessalonica and had to leave abruptly uh, to go uh, to continue on uh, the plan uh, that was set before him by his Lord uh, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ when facing trial and facing severe persecution. He had to trust in God's faithfulness, that he, the Lord, would sustain his church in his absence. So he has heard a few things about what's going on in Thessalonica, and he sends these letters to his beloved dear church, uh, where he has heard about their faith, but also heard about their struggle. And he promises to give them a word of encouragement, but also in this section that we have before us, uh, invite uh, them to share in the ministry that he has, um, he is participating right now and inviting them to pray for him, uh, to pray that God's faithfulness would uh, come forth through the advancement of the gospel, through uh, God would show his faithfulness in protecting us from the evil one, in taking us and leading us to the steadfast love of Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn it with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, starting in verse 1, we'll read to verse 5. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the Lord, the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing the will. You are, uh, excuse me, uh, Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we commanded. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we rejoice that nothing surprises you, that you are on the throne, that you are leading your people, you're shepherding our hearts, uh, even in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of frustration, in the midst of uncertainty. We pray, Lord, that you would send your spirit 
that you would comfort us where we need comforting, that you would expose our sin where we need exposure, that you would lead us to repentance and faith and confidence in the risen Lord Jesus. Help us to love Jesus more. Help us to see you. Help us to to recognize uh, your faithfulness in the midst of all that's going on in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Point number one, we see that God is faithful and he demonstrates his faithfulness in the advancement of the gospel. If you look at... uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 1, there's a couple of uh, phrases I would like to focus on here. Uh, one uh, is that clause, pray for us. I made reference to that, but here is Paul uh, asking, inviting uh, the Thessalonian church to pray for the ministry of the gospel. The ministry that has been entrusted to Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Uh, Pray that the word, the word of the Lord, that's the other phrase, uh, which is a, is a common phrase that we see, we've seen throughout the scriptures. What it has meant, it's meant many things, but here what he's talking about is the word of the Lord Jesus Christ that is promised to us forgiveness of sins, everlasting life, to be holy and blameless before our Father. That's what he offers you and I by faith in him. And that is the word that Paul and his friends are proclaiming to the church in Corinth. They are enduring intense persecution and combativeness against the gospel. So he's inviting them to pray for Paul to pray that God's word, his gospel, would go forth and penetrate the hearts and minds of fallen men and bring them new life in Jesus Christ. The other phrase is speed ahead. That word, uh, if you look at that phrase in uh, verse 1, is really an interesting word. Uh, That word oftentimes is taken from a context of Olympics or games. Uh, Paul, most likely writing from Corinth here, is very familiar with, with, I think it's called the Isthmus Games. It's not Christmas. It's the body of water that uh, connects uh, two um, countries. Uh, But it was a renowned uh, game amongst all the Greeks and the Corinthians. It happened every couple of years. It uh, happened from 700 A.D. until 4th century. It was a, a part of people's lives. And uh, in, the, in these games, there were a couple of events that took place. Boxing, wrestling, and chariot races. So that word, speed along, most likely was taken from the observation of the chariots going forth and racing towards the finish line. It's language that we can relate to. It's, it's language that is being described about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That it is powerfully going forth. And he's using, and the Lord is using Paul and Timothy and Silas as a result and the church in Thessalonia, uh, to join them in this process. And the other word is 
as the gospel speeds ahead, that it also brings honor, that it is honored as it was with the church in Thessalonica. That word honored is also uh, describes what happens at these games. When you compete and you win, you get a crown. You get a crown of glory. And this crown was often made with uh, pine as well as... Uh, uh, there was another plant, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it, uh, celery, dried celery. was uh, The crown was made by dried celery. And, and Paul is familiar with this language. He speaks of it often. He talks about beating our bodies, right? Uh, submitting our bodies to the will of the Lord. About running the race with endurance. It's about looking to the prize of the upward call in Jesus Christ. We also see in, through the writer of Hebrews chapter 12, that we run this race with endurance, looking to Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. But those instances talk about us, the Christian, the church, doing the running. But here we see the gospel advancing, going forth, overcoming. We know where the gospel comes through Jesus Christ the curse is undone. We see in the communities, in the lives personally, lives are transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. We see people who are on the opposite spectrums coming and gathering and worshiping, honoring the risen Lord Jesus Christ. They are engrafted into God's family. They are united in Christ They have one faith, one baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is the life that we live. This is who we are. This is our identity. Adopted children of the living God. And that's what the gospel promises. Those who long, those who are suffering, those who are facing hardship, struggle. The gospel comes forth, offers transformation, forgiveness of sins. Offers answers to life's questions is oftentimes coming forth in the midst of pain, sorrow, and struggle, which is very uh, real and familiar here in the church. Lives have been lost. People are wondering where the Lord is in the midst of the death of loved ones, in the midst of times of uncertainty in the midst of possible uh, struggles that come from the attacks of the evil one. What do you do do in those instances? What did the church in Thessalonica do? Typically what we, we always do. We rely on our own strength. We try to do things our own way. We become self-centered, self-focused. We become discouraged, defeated. And here is Paul reminding the church in Thessalonica, the gospel goes forth and brings new life to dead bodies, brings everlasting life to those who are far from the Lord, who brings 
peace amongst those who are at war with God. Be encouraged, church. Trust in the Lord who can overcome and has overcome the God of this world through the life, death, and resurrection. It gives us a perspective. It gives us a hope and assurance that when we face hard times, our good Heavenly Father sees us in our need and reminds us that He is there leading and guiding us as He reminds us of the truth of the gospel, reminds us of our true identity, reminds us that He is in control, that He is ruling over all things, and that His will is being accomplished, though we may not necessarily see it or understand it. And He offers these promises, and He gives it to us through the word of the Lord, through the gospel, through the scriptures. Let us look to him and trust in him in the midst of struggle and hardship and pain and suffering. Our next point is God's faithfulness in protecting us from the evil one. One of the things that Paul is observing in the church is this reality of suffering, of struggle, of uncertainty, and he brings forth the gospel and reminds them that that is where we find, find our find the truth. That's where we find our hope and assurance and certainty that he is in control, that he is ruling over all things, that he is subduing his and our enemies. That phrase, guard and protect, in verse 2, Paul writes that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. That's verse 3. What we see here in that phrase, guard and establish, that word guard oftentimes describes exactly what it means. The the work of a guard, uh, guarding a a, a jail, uh, guarding a home, maybe... What comes to mind is the imagery of a soldier standing at attention. We, that imagery is, is very prevalent here. Who is the one who is guarding? The Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's at work establishing, uh, renewing, uh, reviving, uh, bringing truth and assurance and hope and confidence in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of uncertainty, and keeping the evil one at bay. Established means rooted in, a people that is rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lord is the one who is is doing it. We are reminded in other Paul's uh, writings, where he who began a good work will see it to its completion. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Applying what Christ has purchased for us, God is at work renewing us, reviving us, conforming us to the image of Christ. He is binding the hand of the evil one. When I was reading through this passage, I, I came across a uh, an article, and you can, if you look on uh, YouTube, you can type in. Uh, it's this bike club called the Punishers. Have you heard of them? Uh, they are uh, a, a group of roughneck bikers 
whose sole responsibility is to come alongside of children who have been bullied. They escort them to their schools. They pick them up from uh, their school. When we live in a world uh, where we see it, especially on social media, where we see kids telling other kids that they wish that they never existed or they, they should die, this group of men come alongside of those who are enduring hardship and struggle and oppression and, and reminds them that they are not alone. And they bring a presence, they bring a, a strength uh, that communicates to both the individual, the little girl, little boy who's enduring uh, bullying, that we are here with you. Uh, we, we love you. We care for you. You, you do have a life worth living. But to those who seek to oppress, they remind them, you must get through me in order to get through them. It's a deterrent. It is a reminder that those oppressors do not have the last word. And we see that here. We see Paul reminding the church here that the one who guards you and keeps you is the one who has overcome the God of this world. Paul is also, if you look at verse 2, he's also speaking of specific people, wicked men, wicked and evil men. He's encountered this as he has, uh, and his friends were planning the church in Corinth. Uh, his countrymen, uh, the Jews there, were adamantly opposed to the gospel, sought to oppress Paul and his message, sought to bring persecution, sought to raise up a city uh, against them. But the persistence of the Lord, the persistence of his people prevailed. The good news of Jesus Christ was going forth in power and in glory. Here is a man who has faced all kinds of struggle uh, throughout uh, his ministry. He's faced death. He's faced shipwreckness. He's faced starvation. He's faced hardship, struggle, broken relationships. And yet the Lord still uses him and will continue to use him. And he's reminding the church in Thessalonica that in the same way that the Lord is using Paul and Silas and Timothy, he's using the leaders of that church to remind the people of Thessalonica of the truth of the gospel, to fight against the temptations that they are facing, to lead God's people in trusting in the Lord and resting in his promises and fighting against Satan and his forces with the truth of the gospel. The Lord is faithful, verse 3. Paul stops here and he reminds us as well as the church in Thessalonica, there is one who is more faithful than those who have no faith. Those who rail against the Lord, those who seek to thwart God's plans, there is one who will overcome them and that is the Lord Jesus Christ who has overcome them in his life, death, and resurrection. He's accomplished the will of the Lord. He has offered us, those who have faith in him, before our Heavenly Father, blamelessness, assurance, 
and salvation, forgiveness of sins. Paul here is also reminding where the gospel prevails, what does Satan seek to do? Seeks to undermine. And how does he do it? Through lies, through questions. Is this who you are? Does, does God truly see you as his child? Is he providing for you? It sure doesn't seem like that. You're feeling unsettled, aren't you? Are you going to believe his promises? Where is the Lord? Maybe you're facing those kind of questions. And what, what word does the Lord have for you there? That you have a God who sees you, who is fighting for you, who is caring for you, who is at war for you. We see a God, as we read uh, in Ephesians chapter uh, 6, that is our armor, is our shield, who withstands the lies of the evil one, who withstands the lies of, or the flaming darts of Satan, who uh, battles against Satan and his forces. We have a sure confidence that God is faithful. That he will lead us, he will fight for us, he will care for us, he will give us hope and assurance in the midst of uncertainty. When you're facing those lies, where do you go? What do you turn to? Remember this, and we'll get uh, to this here in a few minutes. Satan has no victory. Oftentimes he uses shame, he uses heartache, struggle. All that has been taken away in the person and work of Jesus Christ. We have no shame. We can stand before the Lord with great confidence and assurance. Knowing that he loves us. That he embraces us as his own. That he delights in us because he delights in the one whom he has sent to die on our behalf. And he secured our salvation through his physical bodily resurrection that is the only hope that we have as we face disease as we face struggle as we face possible hardship there is one who has victory victory over all things and that is the lord jesus christ he is our hope he is our confidence he is the one who fights for us his people we've seen god's faithfulness in the advancement of the gospel in the, excuse me, uh, keeping us from the evil one, and now we see God's faithfulness in directing us towards the steadfast love of Jesus Christ. If you look at verses 4 and 5 of chapter 3, what does Paul say? We have confidence. Where does Paul get his confidence? What I've been saying uh, all along in the resurrection of the body, which is uh, Jesus Christ is the first fruits of that. And that God is in control, that he's ruling over all things, that he's subduing all of his and our enemies, which is sin, Satan, and death. As I stated before, we see where the gospel takes root, where the gospel advances, the curse is undone. We see new life come from death. We see God's work snatching us out of the kingdom of darkness and bringing us into his kingdom of light, which Paul reminds us that 
is in the love of God found in Jesus Christ. We see Paul reminding God's people of the Lord's faithfulness who has guarded us, will continue to guard us, and keep us. And Paul promises that, takes confidence in that, that the Lord, the same Lord, who offers confidence and assurance through faith in the Son, is also at work, completing the task that has been set before him, conforming us into the image of God, sanctifying us, purifying us, using us for his glory, preparing us for glory, preparing us for the day in which we will see the Lord face to face. The God who is faithful in keeping and guarding us is faithful in in bringing us to the one who keeps us and establishes us in the Lord Jesus Christ. God promises, God gives us confidence that he is at work in the midst of uncertainty. Think about what the church in Thessalonica was facing. Uncertainty, hardship, struggle, seeing a a world at war with Christ and the message of the gospel, wondering if it's it's worth uh, fighting for, if it's worth giving themselves to. Wondering where the Lord is when they see the wicked, the the unrighteous, the impure being celebrated. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Seeing death and brokenness and hardship face to face in our own lives and the lives of our families. Paul reminds them, God is faithful. He's shown his faithfulness to you and I. In Jesus Christ, he binds us to himself. He brings us to himself. He embraces us as his own. He pours out his love for us through the Son. He reminds us of his promises. He reminds us that he has always been at work redeeming a people for himself, which by faith in Jesus, you and I are a part of. We have great assurance and confidence. As Paul taught elsewhere, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. When we are facing temptation, when we're facing hardship, when we're facing struggle, oftentimes those are the times where those promises ring true, where we are, in a lot of ways, we're exposed, we are Uh, we are brought to our knees, which is exactly what Paul has uh, asked for uh, with the church in Thessalonica in verse 1 and even in in verse 5. He's praying for them. He's asking them to pray that God may continue to be at work, that he may guard and keep us in the Lord Jesus Christ, that though we may face hardship and struggle, the gospel will prevail will go forth, bring redemption, reconciliation, restoration in in our lives, in the lives of those around us. He's reminding us of the truth when we're faced with hardship and struggle, as the church in Thessalonica were facing. Here, later on, uh, 
verse 6 through 12, uh, Paul, Mr. Palmer will uh, talk about that next week. But we see Paul reminding the church of their true identity, that they are beloved of Christ, that they are delighted in by their Heavenly Father, that they are, as we sung earlier, we are, that He is our captain, that He fights for us, that He cares for us, that He's providing for us in the midst of all that is going on around us. Trust in Him. When you fall on your face, on your face, trust in Him. When you are wrestling with a friend who uh, is in rebellion against the Lord, trust in Him. Pray for them. When you are with those who are struggling, Remind them of these promises as Paul did here with the church in Thessalonica and us as well. Remember, you have a God who has overcome the God of this world in his life, death, and resurrection. He sees you in your need and he offers you the only hope that you and I have, himself. Trust in him. I think it's something pertinent when we are facing the many things that we're facing even today. The possibility of not being able to go to Northern Ireland. The possibility of not being able to go to City Fest. What do we, what's, what is God's word here uh, for us? That He is in control. That He is sorting out all things. That He is binding the evil one. That he is reminding us that even though we may lose hope, even though it may not seem like anything is being done, the gospel is going forth. Lives are being transformed, restored, renewed, reconciled. That the Lord can even use hardship and struggles like these to draw us near to himself, to expose those who need him most and to offer true, eternal hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Might you and I be found faithful in proclaiming this truth in the midst of hardship and struggle, in the midst of friends who may be wrestling with these things, in the midst of facing uh, the reality that, what if some of us here get the coronavirus? God is in control. He's using his people. The gospel is going forth. And that is what God has been about for thousands of years. The truth, the hope, the assurance that we have in God's faithfulness through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we rejoice that you are faithful even when we are not. That the resurrection provides hope when it seems like there is none. Help us, Lord, to remember that you have fought for us. You are fighting for us. And you have overcome sin, Satan, and death through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Might we find solace in that? Might we find encouragement in that? Might you enable us to proclaim that to those who need it most as well? Bear with us, guide us, and keep us. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.